Please meet in the back corner. The rest of you, let's open up our Bibles together. We're at Matthew chapter 7. So if you'd open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. And we are at verse 15 this morning. So we're at Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, and we'll go through verse 20. This is God's holy word. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will, be rec- you will recognize them by their fruits. Let's pray. God, as we uh, consider the grave danger of false prophets in your midst, we pray, God, for discernment. We pray for clarity. We pray for an awareness. We pray ultimately, God, that we would be a people who are on guard at the schemes of the evil one. We pray not only that we're aware, but that anyone who is currently going down that wide way and following uh, the teaching of the false ones, that God, you would rescue them, that you would bring them back to the narrow way, and that they would uh, fix their eyes towards Jesus, we pray in his precious name. Amen. All right, Danello Calvaconti is a convicted murderer. He killed his girlfriend, or ex-girlfriend at the time was convicted that part of the reason he killed his ex-girlfriend is apparently he was involved in a murder in, I believe, his native country of Brazil, and she was going to tell people about him, and in order to prevent being caught for that, he ended up uh, killing her. So a convicted murderer. In, on August 31st, he escaped a Pennsylvania prison, and for two days, he, or two, not two days, two weeks, he was on the run. A few days before he was caught, he was spotted in a region near one of my friends, Paul, and his house. So for the next two days, it was high stress in that area. Uh, the worst part of it is my friend was at a conference So his wife and two children were home alone with an escaped convict within miles of their house. So during that time, if you could imagine being the mom staying at home with your two kids while there's an escaped convict near and your husband is not gone, uh, it wasn't like normal. So uh, kids were not out playing in the yard. Uh, They were making sure windows were locked, doors were locked. It just, and that was not just them, it was everybody. There was helicopters flying over the region for two days. There was law enforcement, and you heard sirens this all of the time. And then finally, a mile from my friend's house, think of how far a mile is, is where the individual was caught. You see, when there's a threat like that near you, it puts you on guard, 
You're on alert. You're mindful of the danger. And I would argue we have a greater danger than an escape convict a mile from our house. We have a clear and present danger amongst God's people and its false prophets. There are people out here who are prowling around looking to deceive and, if possible, mislead the church down the path of destruction. So that's what we're going to consider today, to be alert for false prophets. I'm going to give you four qualities to be looking for as you try to determine, as you try to discern whether or not someone is a false prophet. Prophet. So it's going to be very uh, applicable today as we find ourselves in the world that we live in. Quality number one, we're going to see that false prophets are deceptive. They're going to be crafty. They're going to be cunning. They are not going to introduce themselves as false prophets. Hi, my name is Joe and I'm a false prophet. That's never going to happen. They are deceptive. But secondly, they're dangerous. False prophets, their end goal is your destruction because they're ultimately an instrument of Satan. Third quality, not only are they deceptive and dangerous, they are discernible. As a follower of Jesus Christ, having God's word, being led by the Holy Spirit, it is possible for you to recognize and discern who are false prophets and who are not false prophets. And lastly, quality number four, we're going to see that they are doomed. And we need to get that. That regardless of their success in this world, regardless of their apparent thriving in our society, the end day, false prophets are doomed. They're hell-bound, and they're taking a whole bunch of people to hell with them. So let's get started. Let's pick up at verse 15 as we see that false prophets are deceptive. Read with me. He says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. First of all, they are coming. Understand that. False prophets have come. They're present amongst us, and they are coming. Jesus says it in such a way that it is implied, it is assumed that false prophets are going to be in your midst. And what he is doing is sounding the alarm. There's a couple weather sirens not far from the Y. And during the summer months when the weather gets bad and when there's been even tornado warnings, you can hear those sirens and they are blaring loud. And then every now and then they do a test run of it. And you can hear it. I can hear it. My office is in the middle of the Y. I have no windows and I can sometimes hear that siren because it's so loud. And what Jesus is saying here, understand this, he is sounding the alarm when it comes to false prophets. That there are false prophets. If we had the time, we could work our way through the Old Testament and they are all over the place. As early as even Deuteronomy, we hear the warnings of false prophets and throughout the prophets, the not false prophets. Jeremiah 6.13, listen to what he says. 
He says, from prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Remember, this is closely tied. All these verses, they're not completely separated, okay? And what did we look at last week? We looked at two gates. The narrow gate and what gate? The wide gate. Which gate has more travelers, the narrow? No, it's the wide. Part of the reason the wide gate is so wide and it has so many travelers is false prophets. False prophets are the ones that are leading and guiding them down the road of destruction. Jesus warns later in Matthew, Matthew 24, 11, many, how many? Many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. So Jesus is warning, be on guard. Christians, be on guard. Children, be on guard. This is the the world. There is a real threat in our midst. Keep your eyes out. Because not only are they coming, they are cunning. They are cunning. Listen to what he says. These false prophets, beware, that are coming, what are they? They are in sheep's clothing. I've seen cartoons And you'll have a bunch of sheep, and you'll have a wolf, literally with a sheep's clothing, so to speak, with their wool, and they sneak in. And usually if it's a cartoon, it's not going to be this violent one where the, that would be a disturbing cartoon for kids. Somehow it'll end up going back on the wolf that's in sheep's clothing, and he will not have the success but it's not just that they're, they're not what they look like. I think part of the reason it says they're in sheep's clothing. Who do you think would wear sheep's clothing in the Bible? Think about it. Who watches the sheep? Who? Shepherds. Shepherds would have notoriously wore sheep's clothing. Who were the spiritual leaders amongst God's people who were supposed to be? Shepherds. And I think what Jesus is warning is that they will be people who profess to be my people, who profess to be my instruments, who profess to be my leaders, and they're dressed like they're shepherds, but they're not shepherds. They might look the part, but they are not the part. Jesus, uh, ultimately through God's word, Paul warns about this, 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen. Listen to this. Because this should scare you. For such men are false apostles. They're deceitful workmen. They disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, and hear this, and this, this is where we, we should be on alert. For even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. They are not who they seem to be. They, they look the part, they're close in appearance, but they're not true shepherds. And friends, it is all over our culture. All over. Here's the problem in 2024, 23. 
to think about. It's like, is it 2024? 2023, and it will be the problem in 2024. Anybody can have a platform now online. Do you understand that? Anybody can post a video. Anybody can write a blog. So there is so much unbiblical truth, because it's not truth, lies and deceit all over online. And the unfortunate reality is a vast majority of Christians are eating from that buffet and being misled. Understand this, just because somebody says they're a Christian, just because somebody says they're a preacher, just because they've got a book published, just because they have a podcast, does not mean that they are God's instrument. Understand that. I'm appalled sometimes when I even hear some of you all when you'll say, oh, I'm reading this person. I'm like, oh my goodness, no. I'm like, well, there's a bestseller. I don't care if it's a bestseller. There's truth and there's not truth. And this person is an is a instrument of not truth. But the problem is they're cunning. And they sneak in and they're tricky. So are you too quick to embrace, to, to trust, to, to follow whoever comes along who says they are? Because here's the deal. Not only are false prophets deceptive, they're dangerous. Listen to what he says. What are they dressed like? They're dressed like wolves in sheep's clothing, but they are actually, inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. Though they hide it, they're up to no good. Yet, here's the deal, and this kind of ties into what we just looked at about them being cunning. They will try to make you feel good. False prophets, one of their, their main strategies is to make you feel good. Right now, I want you to think about this. If any news could be given to you today, good news, what would be the good news you would like to hear? Think about it. I want you to think about it. Maybe you're not going to get in trouble like you thought you were going to get in trouble. Maybe the health crisis that you're facing, you're being promised that it's going to end real soon. Let's all be honest. Who here would like to find out you're getting rich? Like you're going to come into a lot of money. Like if I eat a fortune cookie, I'm like awesome. Can't wait to see that happen. So that's what false prophets do. They play off our desires. Listen, Paul warns about this. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, 2 Timothy 4, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. They're going to get people, it, it, what, when you have an itch, what do you want to have done? You want to have it scratched. That's what false prophets do. They come to scratch our itches. They, they give us what we want to hear. This was the problem. So Israel, they're being exiled to Babylon. Some are already. Some are still going. And in the midst of all of it, false prophets were, were rising up. And guess what they were saying to the Israelites? 
This is going to be short-lived. It's, it's, it's not going to last very long or it's not going to happen. And we're going to go back real soon. And listen to what Jesus, or God warns in Jeremiah 29. Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie. And they're prophesying to you in my name, but I did not send them. That's the problem, I would say one of the greatest examples of false prophets in our society, in our culture, in America, is the prosperity gospel. That there are many people out there, and they're teaching you this. God wants you healthy, and God wants you wealthy. And friends, there is nowhere in Scripture that teaches that. God wants you holy, but often, I mean, think of all of the examples of even physical ailments in the Bible, how God used them for people's good and their glory, his glory. And I think the danger is false prophets they, they, they play off of our desires for a life of wealth and comfort and, and ease. And friends, that's not God's end game for you. You might not want to hear that, but that's reality. God is not as concerned about those things for you. But not only is their goal to make you feel good, at the end game, their goal is not good at all. What are ravenous wolves going to do? Think about it. Think about little uh, stories that we read to our kids. The story of the little red, little red Riding Hood, right? So she goes to visit who? Grandma. Before Grandma, and there's variations of it, a wolf comes, either eats Grandma or puts Grandma away. It, it depends on the particular uh, storyline of it. But then what does the wolf do? Dresses up like who? Is the ultimate desire of the wolf to become friends with Little Red Riding Hood? Like it's kind of a lonely wolf, and she's kind of hope the wolf's hoping that maybe... Little Red Riding Hood will become my, my owner, and like I'll be like, it's Pat. No, like it, it wants to do what to Little Red Riding Hood? It wants to eat her. That's the goal of, prophet, of false prophets. They want to destroy you. Acts 20, 29, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves, so like ravenous wolves, they're going to come among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. The reason that false prophets want to destroy you is because they're working for Satan. And what does Satan desire? To destroy you. He's a, a, a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. One of the main responsibilities for me and Andy and Ray and Brian and Ryan is as elders is to help protect you from the wolves. It's part of the responsibilities of a shepherd. So if I hear that you're reading and believing things that aren't the case, I'm going to have that awkward conversation because I love you and I care for you and I know how dangerous it can be if you go down that path. And the same is true with all the other elders. Or are you aware of the dangers of false prophets? Because they're deceptive, they're dangerous, but here's the deal. False prophets are discernible. Read verse 16 with me. You will recognize them by their fruits. 
Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? No. Figs from thistles? No. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. You see what he's saying is you can recognize them by their fruit. They've been warned, they're deceptive, so it's not going to be obvious to see who a false prophet is. It's going to take some deep diving. It's going to take some understanding. Let's imagine, so yesterday, for example, uh, I really did this, the three younger boys, we went on a little nature hike. We went over to Side Cut, ended up crossing over, and went, uh, we explored uh, Bluegrass Island, and uh, went off the beaten path because I thought I knew what I was doing, came back with thistles and everything all over us. Uh, One kid had bites from who knows what. Uh, Did not go well. But one of the things I know I would have been very confident doing is I would not let any of my kids eat anything while we were there. It's like we saw some various things, some various fruits or whatever, and they're like, you know, can we eat this? I'm like, no, no. Now, would some of that stuff maybe been okay to eat? Possibly. But I, I don't know. But if, I was, if somebody was there who knew what they were talking about and actually was trained and skilled and observant of those things, they could say, okay, yeah, those are fine. Those are going to kill you. Those things will get you really sick. It's, it, that's kind of how it, what ultimately Jesus is saying is that a healthy tree produces good fruit. And understand this with a healthy tree. That doesn't mean the healthy tree is perfect, Okay. Because we could really bunny trail and digress that you and I as believers, we, Lord willing, are producing fruit of the Spirit in our lives, but sometimes we're producing some bad fruit. And that doesn't mean that we're not necessarily a healthy tree and a believer. It just means there's that sinful battle going on that Paul talks about in Romans 7. I don't understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. The very thing I hate, I do. But what I want us to zoom in right now. What we're talking about specifically is prophets, whether they're false or, or not 1 John 4, 1, John says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. So here's the deal. Sorry. If you look at a good tree, it's going to produce good fruit, a healthy tree. Bad trees, bad fruit. Well, what are we looking for? Here's some of the things we're looking for. A good fruit... A good tree is going to line up with what? The Bible. That's one of the great ways. When you hear somebody saying something that does not line up with Scripture, that should be the check engine light. This is probably not a good prophet. This is probably not a truth dispenser. But not just the word. I think the other aspect of it is is seeing the, the person's Uh, character in life, that fruit of the Spirit would be good fruit. When you see supernatural fruit in their life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, those should be like, hey, I think this is the real deal. But bad fruit is the opposite. Galatians 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, 
sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like that. Those are the fruits of false prophets. Those are the fruits of unbelievers. So when you start seeing those things or you're hearing them say things that aren't lined up with Scripture, you can recognize them. So can you see good fruit? Can you see bad fruit in others? But here's the danger. Part of the reason why you and I cannot recognize them is because we are so far away from them that we don't even understand what good fruit looks like and bad fruit looks like. Heaven forbid, I'm a Toledo Christian this week, and I'm dropping off my kid, and they're about to do a physics test or a calculus test, and they pull me from the hall, and they say, hey, we are short on subs. I know you're not normally a sub. We need you to come in and proctor this exam. I know nothing of those subjects. I'm not afraid to admit it. I, so if I did it, one, if they have questions, they are going to be in for a rude awakening. And I'm probably not going to be able to tell them, ask one of your classmates during the test. So, like, here's the deal. And, and, and we joke about this stuff. But part of the problem is the vast majority of Christians, unfortunately, in our world, are so ignorant of the Bible, are, are so nominal and lukewarm in their faith that it is so difficult for them to discern anything. How can you discern what is truth when you don't know the truth? How can you discern what is fruit of the Spirit when there's very little fruit of the Spirit in your own life? That's one of the things that are celebrated about the Bereans. Acts 17, 11, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So with this danger of false prophets in our midst who are coming after you, who are coming after your children, who are trying to lead you astray to, to take you down the path of destruction, what needs to happen as you and I need to become students of the Word of God. The reason we do expository preaching, the reason that Andy and I primarily, we go through books in the Bible, week in and week out with you, is not just random. It's because I want you guys to be biblically literate. When I give an account for you before God, I want to be able to say, I gave them your word and I gave them Jesus. And that's what we need. And here's the problem. It needs to go beyond Sunday morning. Young people, teenagers and preteen, as you've professed faith in Jesus, I, I want to be real with you. Do you study the Bible daily? Do you have a devotional? Because it's not something that we wait for until you become married and have kids. You know what? Now I'm old enough, I probably need to prioritize my relationship with Jesus. Truth be told, by that point, the world has had such a positive, not positive, influence on you, you might not even be in the church at that point. So you need to be prioritized, but not just kids, adults. Are you in the Word daily? 
Are you praying daily? Are you, are you digging? Because this is what is preparing us that when we go out into the world and the false prophets come for us, we're ready and we're prepared. Are you able to discern between truth and lies? So they're deceptive, they're dangerous, they're discernible, and here's the big deal. They are doomed. They're doomed. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into, and notice what he says. You're reading it, you don't even think, it's, it doesn't say, and they're thrown into fire. What does it say? There's an article, it's the fire. Jesus is talking about a particular fire. He's talking about hell. He's talking about wrath, judgment, condemnation. Thus you will recognize them by their fruit. And the truth is, false prophets will be judged. Jesus already warned us, Matthew 7, 13. For the gate is wide, the way is easy, that leads to what? To destruction, the fire. And those who enter by it are many. These false prophets are leading people down this path. God will hold them accountable for it, and they will be judged accordingly. But here is the difficulty. It does not seem like he's judging them now. Let's circle back. I talked about the health and wealth gospel people. They seem to be doing really well now. They're experiencing, in the words of one of their best False prophets, Joel Osteen, they're experiencing their best life now. Some of these men are worth millions and millions. Andy and I are not worth millions. FYI. Andy and I do not have a private jet yet. Like Creflo Dollar. He's got like a private jet worth millions of dollars that he gets to fly around. And, he, and I heard him in an interview and he says, I get to fly like this because like traveling and luxury is what heaven's going to be all about. And I'm like, eh, wrong. You understand? So we see the false prophets in our world today and it seems like they don't get held accountable. Don't be confused. God's going to judge them. I would argue it's God in his infinite grace and mercy that he's giving time for these people to repent. And I guarantee over the, the history of the church, there have been false prophets who have turned from their wicked ways and have repented because God was patient with them in their midst. But don't forget that they will be judged. Psalm 73, he's looking at the wicked prospering and he was jealous of them, but in verse 27, he, he got it, and he said, Behold, those who are far off from you shall perish. You will put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. Psalm 1 declares, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the, the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Do you believe that? Do you trust that God will judge the false prophets, that God will judge the lost? Because I think we talk like we believe that. But often, I don't think we live it. I don't think we worry about, I mean, think of that number. That number is so staggering that Andy shared. Like 85 million people, and we're talking 
eight to 10,000 people know Jesus, the rest are going to hell right now if today was judgment day. So not only will they be judging, and here is the word of warning that I, I want to share with each and every one of us this morning. Don't be judged too. Stay far away from that path. We talk about it often with our kids. A bad apple does what? It corrupts the barrel. We went apple picking a few weeks ago. If I see a bad apple in the midst, I, I've taken them and thrown them away. My wife doesn't know that. I've, I've seen a couple and I'm like, throwing it away. I don't know if it'll actually corrupt it in the refrigerator, but I believe it might. But the truth is, false teaching and false prophets, they will corrupt you. Now, we're still saved by grace through faith alone and Christ alone. Please don't misunderstand me. But what if you're not really a believer in the first place? What if you're kind of straddling that fence where you, you, you're, you're, you're misinformed that you think you know Jesus, and now you start traveling down that path of false prophets? Friends, when God judges the false prophets, you're going to be caught in that judgment realistically if you're not a believer and you've, you've followed that wrong way and you've believed in the wrong things. That's why Jesus warned, John 15, 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. So I have to ask, and, and I, I know this isn't like hallmark, like happy-go-lucky time, but are you in danger of being judged. Let's just not even think of false prophets. Does your beliefs line up with the Bible? Does your devotion, does your life, does your character line up with the Bible? Like I said, you're saved by grace through faith alone in Christ alone. But a saving faith is a transformative faith. And if there's no transformation... At the very least, we should be questioning whether or not this faith is genuine. Would you be able to determine if a diamond ring was real or not? So all married people, could you discern whether or not your husband got you a real ring? I'm not trying to cause that kind of problem, so... But there might be somebody who's got a fake one in here. So, so here's how I'm going to teach you. Here's some ways. These are not foolproof, but here's some ways. Here's some tests to determine whether or not a diamond ring is real. First of all, the fog test. So if you fog up the diamond, a real diamond clears up pretty quick, second or two. If it doesn't, like once I said, please understand this, it is not completely foolproof. So I, I don't want to see one of the wives hit their husband right now. It's still foggy. If somebody stomps out of here, this is totally derailed. But that's one way. Number two, water test. If you put a diamond in a cup, typically due to its density, it will sink. Fake diamonds will often float. Number three, magnifying glass or a, a lupe, I think, or a loop. It's what they would use at the jewelry store. You can look for imperfections. 
If you do not see imperfections, one of two things happen. You have a fake diamond or you have a really, really ridiculously expensive diamond. So, so hope for that ladder. Hope for, hope it's, he, he went above and beyond with this diamond. Number four, black light. A black light on a diamond normally will give off a blue colored glow. Fake diamonds will give off other colors, so blue color. And then the last one is fire. So, and I'm telling none of you to do any of this, okay? I have not tested any of these things. I pulled these offline. It seemed like a credible source. It was Wikipedia. No, I'm just, it was, it was not Wikipedia. It was, a, it was like a legit jeweler. Uh, you light it for 30 to 40 seconds, and once you light it, put it in cold water, and if it shatters, it is not a real diamond. It is fake. So why would we want to be able to do these things? Because we, we don't want to be duped by a fake. No one wants to be tricked by a, a counterfeit. And I think here's the problem. Kind of go full circle. There are fake spiritual diamonds being peddled to us. Lots of false prophets out there under the label of Christian. So you and I, we need to put things to the test. We need to be on guard. We need to be like the Bereans. I hope each and every week, whether, whether it's Andy or myself, when we preach up here, test the diamond. Don't assume because Andy and I graduated from seminary and we have the title as pastor that we're speaking truth. Line it up with the scriptures. And if we are not speaking truth, you need to confront us. You need to confront the other elders. And if it's true that we're not speaking truth, we need to be removed from our positions. Because I think the truth is we will experience more and more and more false prophets in our midst. It's not going to get better. It's, it's going to be worse. So get ready. So here's two tests for you. Here's the two tests I want you to do with false prophets, whether or not they are. One, test the doctrine. Line it up with God's word. And here's the deal. Here's, I think, one of the great dangers. Sometimes they're not going to say stuff that comes off wrong and false. It's what they omit, I think, is probably the biggest thing about false prophets. They might not directly say negative wrong things, but they refuse to say the right things. They refuse to talk about the exclusivity of Jesus Christ, that he is the only way. They hate to say the word sin. They don't call people to holiness. That's how we test. We test the doctrine. But not only doctrine, we test their lives. Does their character match up with Jesus? Are they loose on sin and disobedience? Is there an abuse of grace? Is there a diminishing of expectations? Is there fruit of the Spirit? Like I said, they're not perfect, but there should be, without a question, people who are God's instruments should live lives that are pleasing and honoring of God. We must be in the Word, though, we must be growing in Christ to make those kind of tests. So are you ready to discern false prophets? Because friends, from the time you leave this until you go to glory, you're going to be encountering them. Let's pray. God, we come right now and uh, we understand that this is such a serious 
matter I know even as a, as a father of, 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 of six children, it, it scares me. It frightens me that my children one day will not live in my house and they'll be out in this world and they might not all live in my neighborhood and community and they might not attend the covenant and it, it, it brings great fear to think that they're going to go into this world where there are ravenous wolves out there trying to lead them to destruction. And I know that's the case for all of us here. So we pray, God, we pray that you would intervene that you would protect us from the schemes of the evil one. I pray for all the people here that, that you would bring conviction if there's false prophets in their life that they're embracing. We, we pray that ultimately we would be men and women and children who are of the book, who are of the Bible. We pray, Lord, not only that we are of the word, but that you're producing fruit in our lives. And then when false prophets come, it's easy for us to discern them. And we pray even for the false prophets, God. Because if it wasn't for the grace of God, we would be those false prophets, that you would step into their midst, that you would expose them to their sin, that they would have that, that David moment where you are that man and that you would open up their eyes and that they would turn to Jesus. Because we look at a, a false prophet who became a great man of God in the Apostle Paul who is leading and directing people down the path of destruction. And in your grace and your mercy, you brought him to Jesus. And he has been used so mightily over the years to point others to Christ. So we pray for that end. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and let's respond with worship.